Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Greg. How you doing? I'm doing excelente. How about you? I am doing all right. Don't you love that intro music from uh, Miguelifornia? I do. I do. I had to go find it real quick on the fly. I was like, oh no, where's our intro? That is such an <laughs> awesome little intro. I know. Did you ever think you would have a theme song one day? Uh, that was kind of beyond my... my uh of understanding when when i heard first heard that i was like wow somebody actually did a song kind of dedicated to me no it just blew me away yeah yeah well we love you dave well i'm feeling the love man uh so how was your week it was it was awesome it was a little awkward as i'm not gonna lie man it was hard to like be be obedient to like not not jumping back on and ah just go back i don't need a whole week off but yeah, it was good, man. A great time with Bella. Lots of uh, lots of these went out, so we planted a lot of seeds. You know, it was good. That's cool. That's cool. I'm I'm, I'm glad. Uh, some people were asking in my Telegram channel what was going on with uh, <laughs> like where's where's your broadcast this week? Like, well, we're taking the week off. Uh, so. So your suspension on D Live that was just for like that one Monday, like a twenty was it a twenty four hour thing? Yeah, it was it was just a twenty four hour thing, but it was kinda like there was there was like several things that kinda converged all on that all on that Sunday and I was just kinda like, you know what? I'm just I'm you couldn't be on. I got suspended, there was a couple other things going on behind the scenes and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take this as an opportunity just to hit pause for like a week. Right. I just just gotta take a little break. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's a really good example of how to be led by the spirit. Because a lot of people just kind of, um, they follow their, they follow their desire, you know, what they want to do. I'm sure, like you said, you had this desire probably all week to jump on and do a broadcast because that's what you do. Yeah. But you had to like rein it in and be like, no, 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 hang on. I'm seeing some things that are being set up here that look like, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's saying I should take some time off. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of counterintuitive, but what the Holy Spirit does isn't always intuitive. Um, you get the little little breadcrumbs, and you have to connect the dots, and it's not always easy. But you know, the, the more you walk with the Lord, the easier it gets. Yeah, some of that five D living. Five D living, man. Yeah, uh, and that's kind of what it's about. Uh, I, I kind of felt the same thing. Like I felt like I needed to take some time away uh, and and take care of some things and um, you know focus on a couple of very specific things that that the Holy Spirit's been highlighting. It's, it's really easy to get distracted, especially you know with if there's a lot of news or or what looks like news going on or a lot of activity in your circle of friends, it's easy to get drawn into that mm-hmm. and, and let that kind of just take you, carry you away. But uh, <laughs> it definitely pays to pay attention to the, to the subtle things that the Holy Spirit is dropping along the way that may be counter to what everybody else is wanting you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times when everyone else is going in one direction, I kind of, I, I just end up going in a different direction. Yeah. is the best way to put it. Um, because a lot of people are, are I don't think, are actually <laughs> following what, what the Holy Spirit is is uh, is talking about. I think we we end up in a lot of discussions and about a lot of subjects that are kind of irrelevant, uh, or or that are not as relevant as people think they are. Yeah, and I, and I really want to I really want to hit that uh, that sweet spot and be you know, be about my father's business, as Jesus said. 
yeah. you know, disciples come like, hey, we got to go here. We got to do this and got to do that. And Jesus is like, man, you don't know. I'm, I'm about my father's business. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I'm doing. You know, you kind of uh, did that, too, though. Right. I mean, you like you like totally stopped everything for a little while and you got back. You got back yeah. to the basics. Yeah. Well, from January through through the end of March, I wasn't really doing much in the way of broadcast at all because I just felt like the Lord wanted me to get it back into writing because mm-hmm. I had, you know, not written anything in a long time and I had so much I wanted to write. And so, yeah, I, t- I took like three months off, uh, not completely off social media. I-, I was still on Gab and then eventually I got back, I, I got on Telegram. I-, I felt like the anointing, the favor of God was on my writing at that time. And I got a lot written, mm-hmm. uh, Finished up one book, almost finished up a second book, and got it well way well well on my way into the third book. How are we now, doing I'm, on I've the glossary? I've been working on the dream book uh, again. Yesterday, I was working on the on that dream uh, dictionary. It's yeah, going slow, going? but I'm making some progress on it. Yeah, Laura, yeah. we just ask you to to continue and give Dave the the strength, the knowledge, and the speed of the pen in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And thanks to everybody listening uh, for the prayers. So there's a, there, there's a lot going on on the, um, on the election audit front in case you didn't notice. Yes. Let's dive in. I've been dying for this. Oh dude. (laughs) There's so much going on. Whole new level of panic. Yeah. The, the level of panic is, is panic is intensifying. That's for sure. Uh, here in Arizona. Um, so what's going on here in the- <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. That's what's going on. Yes. I don't I don't watch Rachel Maddow's show, but holy moly, I think on Wednesday or Thursday she enti- devoted her entire first uh, segment to the QAnon crazy conspiracy theorists That's and beautiful. all the things all the trouble that we're causing. So She's she's in severe panic mode. She's hyperventilating like every night. On yeah. her show. <laughs> she doesn't look too happy. Like the the screenshots and the videos I've seen, she does not look like a happy uh, lady. She's pretty stressed. Yeah, and and you know she should be because her and her handlers, uh, they all they all can see that their ship is taking on water and it's it's sinking. Katie oh, yeah. uh, Hobbs, our Secretary of State, is in. She she hit high gear on panic mode this week. She's been on all the fake news media, um, pushing the panic button. What she's trying to do now is she's coordinating with secretaries of state and uh, attorneys general from other states to try to stop the spread of election transparency, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all want to make sure that what's happening in Arizona doesn't move to their state. <laughs> oh, yeah. So but it's coming. But, But it's coming. It is coming. So they're they're doing uh, big time damage control right now, uh, trying to prevent audits from becoming a normal thing. Our friend Paul Gosar, holy cats! So uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates came and they spoke here in Phoenix. I I forget if it was Thursday or Friday night. Paul Gosar did did like a ten minute um, presentation prior to Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates taking the floor. Well, Paul Gosar, he's a U.S. congressman, and he was giving this address in Phoenix the other night, and he drops this bombshell. He says, so I had people coming to me from the Securities and Exchange Commission fraud units and military fraud units, and they told me that somewhere between 400,000 and 700,000 ballots in Arizona were messed with. He had information from fraud units that around half a million ballots had been tampered with in Arizona alone. This revelation to me is huge. Because if he's if what he's saying is correct, and I have no reason to doubt what he's saying, then elected leaders were told 
by people in the military who investigate fraud that there were half a million ballots in Arizona uh, <laughs> that were tampered with. If they knew that, if elected leaders knew that, in members of Congress and if state uh, members of Congress here and the Senate here in Arizona knew that, that explains why they decided to do the audit. Mm-hmm. Because if you, you know, we've, we, we keep coming back to this thing that uh, Trump had 74 million votes. All right, that's, that's the official number. The official number for Trump was 74 million votes. That's not counting the votes that they took away from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, uh, it's, that is the largest number of votes anyone has ever received in an election other than the votes that Joe Biden supposedly received. So, you know, like in the 2016 election, I think Trump got, what, 61 million votes? So mm-hmm. he got, what, 13 million more votes four years later? Yeah. Uh, there's there's never been that many votes cast. And, and, and Trump did all those rallies and garnered, he just drew, drove this energy to get people uh, to show up at the polls, and they did. There was a red wave. People showed up at the polls like they never have before. Oh, yeah. That is why the Democrats had to cheat on such a large scale, because they had a massive uh, deficit to overcome. You know, Joe Biden probably came in with somewhere around, you know, I would say 60 million votes, maybe. That's very true cheat in such an astronomical way that's why they had that's why they had the ballot trucks of ballots being brought in that's why they're doing the middle of the night counts in maricopa county here i remember back in november when when they were continuing to count votes and every day they'd say oh we have another you know fifty thousand votes counted mm-hmm. and they would never say how many ballots they had left yeah the the, the total universe of ballots they never stated what that total number was while they were counting the ballots and day after day after day, they were counting more ballots. And, and we're all like, this has never happened before. Like you gotta be kidding me. We're four days at five days, six days after the election. And they're still counting back. There's still more ballots coming in from where Yeah, Um, they were doing like, Oh, we got, you know, the 5,000 from Pima County and we got 4,000 from Pinal County and we got some from Mojave County today. And they just kept on bringing in more ballots. I'm like, what the heck? This it was just the strangest election. Yeah. And well, not to mention Arizona called it first too. Remember the polls yeah, closed Arizona and they're like, Joe Biden it. won. They're like Fox News <laughs> called the election. Everyone is like, what? What the what? Uh, you know, and it ended up being what uh, ten thousand five hundred vote difference. Yeah, that's a pretty small number. So. The way that they pull this whole thing off, you know, and then uh, what happened in Georgia, what happened in in Pennsylvania, what happened in Pennsylvania was just straight out highway robbery. Judge Alito, Supreme Court Justice, tells uh, Pennsylvania, you'd better segregate those ballots. Uh, the, uh, the mail-in ballots that come in after November 3rd, because, you know, uh, there's a very good possibility this is, this is going to be litigated and those ballots are going to be thrown out. And they didn't segregate them. There was there was so much um, just rampant fraud, and you could see it even before the election. You could see that they were they were ramping up this this mechanism by which they were going to steal the election. So the audit's going on in Maricopa County. We've got uh, what half a million ballots count uh, kind of examined already, with one and a half million ballots to go. According to Ken Bennett, we're looking at probably the end of June before the entire process is done. It, to me, it's very interesting that a lot of information is already coming out. Uh, they had that that hearing last week with the Senate, and a lot of good information came out from uh, Doug Logan and from Ken Bennett uh, and from uh, a guy Cotton, who's with uh, Cipher, the cybersecurity firm. They they presented a lot of good information. Uh, Cotton confirmed that the database, election databases were deleted. The mainstream media took that story and said, oh, the database was never deleted. 
<laughs> they just didn't know where to find it. And then uh, Cotton comes back on and says, well, what they're, they're taking my, my, uh, my message out of context. He goes, no, the database was deleted. When they sent us the information, that database had been deleted. We reconstructed it using forensic techniques. Yeah. So uh, th there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in Arizona. And now we have Fulton County, Georgia on the radar. Boom. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So Judge <laughs> Amaro uh, down, in, down in Georgia, Judge Amaro has authorized auditors to look at 145,000 mail-in ballots in Fulton County, Georgia. And the significance of that is they were looking at, uh, a team was looking at these ballots under low resolution. They're looking at scanned images of the ballots under low resolution uh, images, and they weren't able to detect they, they weren't able to find the information that they're looking for with these low res scans. So the judge has allowed, has going to allow the actual ballots to be unsealed. Both the plaintiffs and the defendants are going to meet. I believe it's on May 28th at the warehouse where they're being stored. And they're going to, the judge is going to allow the ballots to be scanned under at least 600 DPI resolution or higher. So they're going to get better image uh, scanning of the ballots to find out if they're fraudulent. So there's breaking news this morning. And I just posted this in Telegram. Judge uh, Amaro said that if he finds evidence of fraud in these ballots in Fulton County, he's going to order Brian Kemp, the governor, to call a special session of Congress to decertify the election in Georgia. And here we go. Senator there. If the judge makes a judge Amaro makes a declaratory judgment that counterfeit ballots were there and that some of them were counted twice, that's the other possibility here, that he's going to demand that Governor Kemp call a special session and they're going to start decertifying elections. Trump Biden Second one, U.S. Senate, Purdue, likely won in the first ballot. Why is Ossoff there? Why was there a runoff? Number three, a House seat, 7th District, 400 of votes separated the Democrat winning. Plus, there were a number of seats in the Georgia House that were under two or 300. All of those are going to call for a special session to okay. be decertified. <laughs> Steve, this okay, is unbelievable on. what is going on. I know. Hang on. I'm going to keep it. All righty. So there you go, right from the horse's mouth. Uh, that's that's kind of huge. And, and people have been asking, okay, while well, we're doing these audits, well, then what happens then? And okay, now we have an answer. That's what happens. A lot of this, I think, is going to end up in the hands of, uh, of the courts. Uh, if the courts are willing to take up these cases and, and make a decision, like we have, there's plenty of um, plenty of legal precedent for elections being overturned, uh, for new elections being ordered. This judge in, in Georgia is ready to tell the governor they have to decertify the election, and that may very well happen here in Arizona. If uh, if the Senate, if the Arizona Senate determines through its audit that there was significant fraud in the 2020 election. I, I expect that uh, someone, whether it's an individual or some law, law firm, or maybe it'd be Amistad Project, or it could be the Senate themselves, is going to file uh, a, a, a lawsuit against the executive branch of Arizona, demanding that the election be decertified. And if they can prove in court that there is significant fraud, a judge will probably order uh, Ducey and Katie Hobbs to decertify the election. And if they do that, then, then the question is, do they certify the Trump electors or do they hold another election? We, we don't know that part yet, but it's, it's probably going to end up in court. Mm -hmm. Well, you, like you and you and X-22, uh, both you guys talk about new elections. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's been done in the past. It's not like this is, uh, you know, new territory. I mean, the, the audit thing coming after a presidential election is new territory. 
Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's never been audits done like this following a president uh, presidential election, even with uh, in 2000 with the hanging chads, uh, yeah. the, the Bush Gore election. There wasn't uh, this level of scrutiny, and uh, that was limited uh, to Florida. This is happening on a nationwide uh, scope. So, but even even having said that, there is legal precedent for elections being overturned, for new elections being ordered. It, it, numerous times in the past, judges have thrown out the results of an election and ordered a new election to be held. Mm-hmm. Uh, some in some cases, they've reversed the outcome, where they just disqualified the winner and let the second place person be be, be declared the winner. So it's hard it's hard to predict what uh, what judges are going to say, but but elections are done at the state level. So there isn't I don't I don't think there's going to be a an overturn of the of the election on a national basis, unless unless the military steps in. Mm-hmm. The military steps in and removes Biden from office, then there would be potentially a new election on a national scale, but. Judges are seem certainly likely to order new elections at the state level. I think that's probably going to happen in Georgia. They're going to look at those ballots. They're going to find a lot of fraud. And that judge, uh, Amaro, I think he's likely to to order the the election to be decertified in Georgia. I think that could also happen in Arizona. New Hampshire has also got some interesting stuff going on. So they they continue doing the audit in New Hampshire this weekend, and they found some very interesting things. So they tried to replicate this, uh, the ballot folding issue in New Hampshire, because um, just kind of give you some backstory on what happened in New Hampshire. Um, they, there was a recount in Wyndham, New Hampshire, at, because it was, a, it was a close race. And what they found in the recount, they did a hand recount, I think about a week, week and a half after the election. And in the hand recount, they found a significant difference from the results they had through the machine tally the the day of the election. All right. There was a big discrepancy. Uh, And and it went in the favor of uh, Democrats. So they were wondering like, okay, what the heck? Why, why did the machines uh, give Democrats the edge? And it, when they did the hand recount, a lot of votes were taken away from Democrats and, and given to Republicans. Um, they, they wanted to know what was causing the discrepancy. So they essentially, they replicated the, the machine folding and then they ran the ballots through the machines and they found out that the folding of the ballot, the mail-in ballots, caused a, a, a big discrepancy in the counting. So on that ballot, there were four candidates that you could vote for uh, on, a, on one particular ballot. Um, what they did, what they did was they, they folded the ballot, and the ballot fold happened to end up going through the bubble, which was a selection for a Democrat candidate, and. What they found out was that in 28% of the, uh, they, I think they ran 75 ballots through uh, that were folded and 28% of them marked that fold as a vote for the Democrat candidate. And there was no vote for the Democrat candidate. So the machines were interpreting a, a ballot fold as a vote for a candidate. Uh, that's one of the things that they found. They also found that in some cases, the, the, because four candidates had already been selected on that ballot and the fold was interpreted as a fifth vote, it invalidated that ballot because you could only vote for four candidates. Mm-hmm. And in a fifth vote would be an overvote and that would invalidate the entire ballot. So they've got big problems in New Hampshire, in Wyndham, New Hampshire, with, uh, with the ballots because they're finding out that their machines are misreading the ballots because of the folding issue. Now these are older machines and the auditors are, are, are thinking that it's gonna affect the entire state's election because the entire state uses the same machines. Yeah, They all use the same kind of machine. They're all gonna come up with the same ballot fold issue. 
it's possible that we may have a, a bigger issue in New Hampshire developing as they as they litigate this issue with the ballot folds uh, in Wyndham. A lot of people were kind of concerned, and I was concerned that Wyndham was going to be kind of a nothing burger because uh, it's it's not being done the way the Arizona audit is being done. But Wyndham is a much smaller town, uh, a much smaller um, number of ballots, and they've got issues unique to Wyndham in that it's they've got this issue with the ballot folds and the machines. So, um, you know, the, the, the statewide races and the presidential race in, in New Hampshire could end up uh, being changed. <laughs> and, and it's going on. I mean, there's if you see this, um, this kind of thing happening in New Hampshire, it's happening in Georgia, it's happening in Arizona. Uh, Wisconsin is doing an audit right now. It's kind of flying under the radar. Not a lot of people are talking about it. The guy who is uh, running that audit in, in Wisconsin, I've heard from some people that he's kind of a rhino, but there there is an audit underway uh, in Wisconsin. You're not going to probably hear a lot of uh, press about it. There's not a lot of articles being written. But uh, I did get confirmation from people in Wisconsin who can confirm that the audit is underway. There's just not a lot of information coming out about it. It's being done kind of, I wouldn't say in secret, but it certainly isn't being done publicly the way the one here in Maricopa is being done. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they find in the Wisconsin audit, right? Then you move on to Michigan. We, the people, if we make our voices heard and we email and call in Michigan, the representatives and, and the Senate and get them to demand an audit, we can probably get an audit underway in Michigan. Same in Pennsylvania, people need to be loud, they need to be heard. You need to be ringing your your representatives, their phones off the hook and emailing them. Mm -hmm. One more thing about Arizona. Uh, President Trump was throwing a little shade on our Attorney General, uh, Brnovich. (laughs) You probably saw that that post that came out yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Bad time for a sip. Yeah, uh, the lackluster Attorney General Mark Brnovich uh, needs to get his ass in gear and start taking this thing seriously. Oh, I yeah. thought that I, that was funny as heck. Um, hopefully, there will be enough pressure on Brnovich to uh, get get serious about this. And you know, like Karen Fan said, we're we're kind of at the stage where they're where they're gathering information. If they if they gather enough information and if they have evidence of fraud. They turn it over to Brnovich, and it's up to Brnovich to make sure these people are prosecuted. Um, and I'm glad to see Trump calling him out and putting him on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that warmed the cockles of my heart. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, I think we have a lot of momentum. I think that the, the mainstream media is definitely in panic mode. Uh, and... That's glorious. Yeah, and you know we're just going to be, keep our eyes on the audits, watch what's going on, and there's just so many good things coming out, you know, on a, on a weekly basis, and I think there's a lot to be optimistic about. There's also a lot to pray about. Uh, we sh- we should be praying every day that that the auditors uh, are able to withstand the assaults of the enemy and the lies and the and the slander. It's only going to get worse. Yep. As we go into June and the audit uh, here in Arizona kicks into high gear, as more evidence comes out in Georgia, the mainstream media and uh, corrupt politicians are going to go even more into um, attack mode. Yeah. Trying to discredit um, people who are investigating election fraud. So you think we're going to see a blackout at that time? Gosh, you know, I, it's kind of like the 10 days of darkness, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's I, like, uh, I think there's a good possibility that um, we, we may lose some access to the Internet at some point if too much information regarding fraud is, is made public. Mm-hmm. Because that's the that is, I think, the one thing they really can't afford. Um, if 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 a large amount of evidence is suddenly made available to the public. And it clearly proves that Joe Biden is an illegitimate president. 
then we then we run into a scenario where maybe the deep state does try to not just deplatform us, not just you know shut down Parler, shut down Gab, but maybe maybe take the internet down temporarily, mm-hmm. or at least restrict access to the internet for a lot of people because they, they they can't afford to have that information getting out. Well, and you kind of see the setup for that happening now too with all the uh, the news of the solar flares and yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. Every every time there's there's uh, uh, any kind of news that works in our favor that looks like it's going to create a big wave of uh, positive news cycles for us, yeah, well, there's going to be large coronal mass ejections coming this week and big solar flares and we're expecting uh, spotty internet coverage. <laughs> like really, oh, yeah. <laughs> conveniently this <laughs> week. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny how that always happens. <laughs> But, you know, it's like it's like they do it to themselves like every freaking time. You, you know, they overplay their hand and it, it's just it's gotten to the point where it's so obvious. I think there's so many of us out here, you know, I, I, man, I hate the I hate the term conspiracy theorist. But, you know, I mean, there's so many of us out here that they've been calling conspiracy theorists for so long. But it's like everything that we've talked about now, we've dicked up the dates a lot okay you know we've we've like oh it's gonna happen it's gonna happen you know but like everything that we've said that they've tried to shut us down about it comes out to be fact and it's like they've overplayed their hand so much like how it's not blatantly obvious to everybody i still don't know but you know we're getting there we're getting there yeah we are getting there uh there there's a mix of uh truth and error in our community um you know the people who are predicting dates about stuff, um, they, they did us a big disservice uh, and discredited themselves and caused a lot of people to lose hope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I just am not a big fan of people who predict dates. They just think it's a dangerous practice because the dates and the events almost never come to pass. And <clears throat> the, the people who predict them end up being discredited People who believed it ended up end up being disappointed. So I think I think we need to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, the more time goes on, the more information is coming out that proves that we're that we're telling the truth. I mean, it, it was true with the Russia hoax. You know, from the from the get go, anyone who claimed said that. Uh, there was no Russian collusion that that Trump won the election fair and square was proven right over the next three years. I, I think the people who are sticking to their guns and saying that this election was stolen, they're going to be proven right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, who knows? Evidence may come out that these elections have been stolen for the last you know 15 years. Because Trump was tweeting about Dominion voting machines back in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Ram- when Romney ran against Obama, Trump was tweeting about you know watch the, the Dominion voting machines. So, <laughs> well, Democrats uh, themselves were complaining about the voting machines and everything. But now we, it's like we have you know, all we have Amy Klobuchar and Kamala Harris, yeah, uh, on the record warning about how easy it is to steal an election. <laughs> so we've I mean like I showed the I showed the the video you know just like I, I'm sure a bunch of other people did too you know like how easy these machines were were able to like you could just walk up to the machine and get admin rights on it and you, you know right. all right. the all stuff Five that we've shown like right away after the freaking election and before even you know and it's like oh, these people man I want to uh, know how many different. elections back. Like, What's that? like, you know, you said it earlier, too, you know, like with Obama. Like, Obama was a movement, okay? I bought the freaking hope and change the first time. Um, but, you know, like, like how much of that? How much going back? You know, like, we we know, we know like, these deep state, you know, presence and all this stuff. You know, what happened with Al Gore and, and freaking Bush and all I mean, like, how many of these elections and how long has it been jacked up? That's, I think it would be fascinating to know that, you know? I think it's been uh, rigged for a lot longer than anyone suspects. Yeah. And all the way uh, down too, right? I mean, not just yeah, like... I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I think there. I think we're going to find out if, if we dig deep enough, we'll find out that the elections have been rigged for decades. And yeah, down, all the way down, down the ballot. That's, 
you know, what the initial um, in, investigations about election fraud are looking at the presidential and the Senate races, but eventually they're going to have to get start looking at the, the down ballot races. I think they're going to find that even in those races, um, there's some funny business going on. Well, think about these, like these governors. Think about even down to the mayors that were like strategically in these places. You know, to, like all this stuff that happens, right? It just happens yeah. to be in their city. Oh, it just happens to be in their state. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that uh, I think that Democrats have held power in these major these urban areas. I think partially due to uh, systemic election fraud. Uh, Rudy Giuliani talked about it uh, during the hearings. Um, he was talking about how everyone knows that in, in Philly, in New York, that the elections have been rigged forever. For 100 years, the elections, they've, had, they've developed ways to rig the elections. Um, it's not a new thing. Yeah. It's it is it is somewhat new to the to, to normies to average people who aren't aware of it, uh, but it's been going on for a long time, and right. it's it's one of the reasons why I've never really been interested in politics. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I took a political science class in college back in the eighties, and you know, the long story short, um, I found out that politics is exactly what I thought it was about. It's about who gets to spend the money, who decides where the money goes, and it's all about the money. Uh, you know, follow the money. It, 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 pe pe people are able to in, in gain positions of power so that they can direct where taxpayer money is spent. Some it go, A lot of it goes into their pockets and they give it to their friends and they kind of divide it among each other. And I just kind of got jaded toward politics in general and I've been that way for a long time because I just tend to not trust politicians, tend to see politics as kind of a corrupt business. Uh, but, you know, now I have an opportunity to expose some of that. And I think we're starting to see a few people with integrity uh, getting into politics. I'm very encouraged by the stuff I see from people like Rand Paul. Uh, and he doesn't waffle. And I, and I, I don't think he can be bought. And... He's always going against the grain, which is why he pisses a lot of people off. Mm -hmm. But he's coming out, you know, with with the coronavirus uh, scandal. He's proving to be one of the guys who is the voice of reason, and he's exposing the, the the corruption and dishonesty in the National Institutes of Health. And thank God we have a doctor who can actually speak articulately to the issue. Well, that was I, I love the stuff that that he's he's been saying about Fauci and and. That's China one of the things that's funding. dropping the red pills here in my house, man, is like Fauci <laughs> got racked by him a couple weeks ago. And then, wow, all of a sudden, man, the mask mandates are going away. The CDC is going, oh, wow. Really? Yeah. What happened there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, I think we're starting to see some people with integrity getting into politics. Uh, we've got some good people here in Arizona, people like Mark Fincham, uh, and uh and paul gosar uh karen fan we have some people who are willing to stand up for the truth stand on principles take the heat from the mainstream media and their corrupt uh colleagues in congress and and keep speaking the truth to me this is very encouraging that we're we're starting to see honest people running for office um and i and i think hopefully that'll be the wave of the future you know general flynn has been uh banging this drum and, and i've been banging it too we we the people not only do we need to hold our elected leaders accountable we need to become elected leaders mm -hmm. uh, we need to run for you know the, the chairman of the, of the of our precinct uh and get on committees and get on school board get elected to mayor uh city council we need to get involved. The reason why corrupt people have taken over uh, local and federal government is because we have abdicated our responsibility mm -hmm. uh, to a large degree. We've been made ourselves comfortable watching Netflix and checked out. And man, on, on Telegram this weekend, 
this one woman uh, said that she ran, she ran and became her, uh, her precinct chair and a whole bunch of other uh, women, most of them in their sixties and seventies said, me too. I ran and I got on, uh, you know, this elected position and I'm making changes and I'm holding these people accountable. And one person after another, after another, all these grandmas were all jumping in there talking about how they got elected um, and they're getting involved. And they're not sitting in their chairs knitting and watching soap operas. They're they're being involved patriots and they're changing their city and their town and their and their state. And that is what we need to be doing. Yeah. Um and I I can just see on social media, I can see the change how it's taking place. Um people are waking up to the truth, they're waking up to the realities of corruption, and they're realizing that if we the people step up and and get elected and uh, are, are willing to take a stand on principles that we can change our culture. We can change our country. We can take it back from these corrupt people who've been running it for the last you know, hundred years. Mm-hmm. So like, let me ask you a question. Like when somebody gets elected fraudulently or, or, you know, they like scheme or what, and then they get in office and then they go and they, they make laws and they do all these things, pass all these bills and stuff. What happens to all that stuff? Like if it comes out like, you know, retroactive, like a lot of this stuff is, you know, like how does that, like what happens to those laws and, (laughs) and all that stuff? I mean, yeah, if in, Depending on who you talk to, you'll get, you're going to get different answers. But some constitutional scholars are of the view that if Joe Biden uh, specifically is found to have been fraudulently elected, all of his executive orders and all of everything that was passed by him would be rolled back. That's that's one possible outcome. But, you know, we're kind of in uncharted territory. We've never had a president who was elected. And then had and then was proven to be elected fraudulently and then had to be removed from office. And then we had to figure out, well, do we undo all this executive order? Right. We, we haven't had to, to deal with this yet. So, you know, it's probably going to end up with the Supreme Court. And who knows what the Supreme Court's going to do? You think um, we're you think we'll go into like a 25th Amendment kind of thing? You think there's still a switch going to happen or they got? Yeah, no, I don't think so. No. I don't think it's going to be a 25th Amendment thing. Let's see. If I was going to, you know, war game this out, uh, I still think the the military is ultimately going to be responsible for moving Biden from office. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily going to be through the 25th Amendment. I, I think it's going to be a military coup. And um, I suspect what is going to be the inciting incident probably a constitutional crisis. I think that either at a state level or at a federal level, we're going to end up in a constitutional crisis mm-hmm. where the legislature, the executive branch, and the judicial branch are at odds with each other and they can't resolve a dispute. And I think that's when the military is going to step in. What that constitutional crisis looks like exactly, I don't know. But I suspect that's going to be the the incident that will cause the military to step in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I disagree with Dave from X-22. I know that months ago he, he did this kind of deep dive in, into the, uh, the law of war, the manual of war, and 11-2, 11-3, 11-4. I think he's misreading that. Uh, if you read that, that entire document, that doesn't apply to the situation that we're looking at, I, I don't think. I think, it's, I think it's much simpler than that. I don't think that the, the government is going to be disabled and then the military has to step in. I think the military is going to see a constitutional crisis is going to realize that the Republic is at stake. The future of the Republic is at stake. And I think they're going to step in because they are the last line of defense against tyranny. Mm-hmm. If, if the courts cannot resolve the problem. And if the Department of Justice and FBI will not prosecute the, the, the fraudsters, the military is the last line of defense against tyranny. And I think I think they're going to be forced to, to step in because no one else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's it. That's just my my theory. It is it is interesting to me still when you look at things like the fact that Biden has been flying on an aircraft that is not flying under the call sign Air Force One. There are a bunch of other things with, with the military. The salute that was given to Biden during the inauguration was not the traditional salute that the military does for a uh, for the head of state. Um, there's just a whole lot of things. The, the way the military has been interacting with the Biden administration is different, distinctly different from how they would normally act with interact with the, the commander in chief. I don't think they see him as a commander in chief. They have been doing some things to kind of signal their disapproval of him as their commander in chief. Yeah. What were you going to say? Well, yeah, like on inauguration day when the motorcade was going down, you had the, the soldiers lining the road, you know, with their backs turned to him. Um, right. You know, all, all those little things, the little yeah. nuances. There's yeah, a lot of them. His first week in office, I mean, they went from all the love and regard that President Trump was giving them to, you know, they're sleeping on the ground in a, in a friggin' parking garage somewhere, being treated like crap right off the bat. So, yeah, I think that um, even though, you know, there's, there's always people who are going to say, oh, but the military's being neutered and they're being turned into the woke military and they're changing this and they're changing. Okay, fine, whatever. That that's true. The Obama administration is doing everything they can to try to neuter the military. That was Obama's uh, one of his major goals mm -hmm. was to turn the military into a bunch of wussies who had uh, no sense of honor and no sense of uh, patriotism. This this whole turning the military into a woke uh, Gestapo, you can't do that overnight. Even if you get rid of a few dozen uh, high-ranking people who are patriots, you know there's there's hundreds of thousands active duty in the military who are strong patriots, and they're not they're not going to leave, and they're not going to kowtow to this agenda. There will always be a strong patriotic contingent in the military, even at the upper echelon. And I think that um, those people uh, have probably developed a plan and that plan is going to be deployed one of these days <laughs> and the right set of circumstances happen and the right red line is crossed. That plan is going to be put into operation. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, o Obama and Biden are trying to destroy the military, but they're not going to do it overnight. And I don't think they're going to have enough time to to complete complete their plan to neuter the military. Uh, uh, they'll work on it, but it's just it's going to take longer than they anticipate. And you're not going to get rid of uh, patriots like like General Charles Flynn, who is the four-star general, who's commander of the the army in the Pacific. He and his his people, you're not going to get rid of those people overnight. So. I'm not too worried about um, the the changes in the military. At this point, I think they're they're cosmetic. Uh, you know, if if Biden were allowed to stay in office and Obama were allowed to run him as his puppet for ten years, you'd probably see a significant um, change in the military. But they're not going to do it in a few months. Yeah. So I'm not worried. Well, something's going to happen with a quickness, I think. Yeah. I mean, even President Trump uh, was it with the OAN last week. You know, it's got to be handled before the 2022 election. A lot of this yeah. stuff. I think that's going to be like the huge domino. Yeah, I, I think that uh, we're going to reach this summer. We're going to reach uh, a watershed moment where everything's going to change relatively suddenly. It's only going to take a couple of uh, rulings from a few judges to drastically can change change the complexion of the 2020 election and the White House and <laughs> what's going on. And if the judges aren't willing to do it, um, my guess is that the DOD will. Uh, you know, there's more information coming out all the time. Yeah. Information's coming out about the January 6th protests. Uh, none of it is good for the Joe Obama administration. Um, you know, the, the FBI and DOJ are going to try to hide all the video they can, but as they start to prosecute people who were there, 
um, the attorneys are getting uh, access to video footage during discovery. And the more, <laughs> the more they get access to video, the more it's looking like, well, it really wasn't an armed insurrection. You know, the cops were opening the doors. They were welcoming people in, waving them in. They were making deals with them. Hey, you guys can come in. Just don't be violent. You know, that's that doesn't look like an armed insurrection. So that that narrative is falling apart uh, more and more every week. It, it and was as falling we go, apart in real time when it was happening. Right. As we go on, uh, more of that, the 14,000 hours of surveillance footage is going to come out. And it's going to further disprove the, their insurrection theory. So, you know, the, the deep state is kind of um, they're, they're backpedaling, and they're, they're going to their narrative is going to lose steam, and and we're going to be vindicated more every week. So, onward we go. It just <laughs> drives me crazy, though. You know, I mean, it's like there's another thing. January is it like the election stuff we were bringing up before and, and, and directly after the stuff like here, here it is, we're going into June and it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. You, we showed that stuff already. You know, the January 6th stuff. I mean, we were, it's we all picked, connected. yeah, we all picked out John Sullivan and crew like, like on that day, as it was happening in real time, I'm watching with Jen and the boys and I'm like, that's not a Patriots. That's Antifa, you know? It's, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> And, but it's but it's all connected because the January 6th insurrection was a narrative that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Obama came up with mm-hmm. to distract public attention away from their fraud. They didn't want the public talking about election fraud. They wanted the public to focus on the, the most, as uh, Biden said, the greatest attack on American democracy in the last hundred years or something um, there. They want the public to focus on their so-called insurrection, what, because they don't want anyone talking about the election that they stole two months earlier. Mm-hmm. But we're on social media. We're the digital warriors. Uh, we are making our voices heard. Um, a lot of us on telegram uh, have, about the same level of engagement now on Telegram as we had on Twitter before we got suspended. Yeah. Uh, and I was I just posted something yesterday on Telegram. If Telegram is able to roll out a decent live streaming uh, service, uh, it's going to be game over for Twitter and Facebook because you know Telegram has 500 million users right now. That's a lot of freaking users, man. That's that's pretty comparable to the number of users that Twitter has. Telegram has become kind of a force to be reckoned with um, since the since the Twitter purge, the Facebook purge, and the YouTube purge. Yeah. If if Telegram can can roll out a live streaming video platform like YouTube, it's game over, because then then patriots like us will have a place where we can private message. We can have groups, we can post links, we can, I mean, Telegram is, I found out recently, it's, it, it, it's, it can be used like a blogging platform too. You can write articles and you can hyperlink, put in hyperlink text to, to links to other, um, other articles and websites mm-hmm. like you would in, in a regular blog. Uh, you can upload videos. I've been doing some live chats last week. Uh, Thursday and Friday, I did a couple of live chats in the evening, about an hour long, or just doing question and answer. So if they can do audio-based live chats, they they definitely have the capability to do video-based live chats. Mm-hmm. It's only a question of when do they roll that out. Um, so as much as I like feared, loathed, and hated the idea of starting up a Telegram channel, yes, um, I'm really liking it. I was What's shocked that? when I was shocked when you joined Telegram because you were pretty adamant about it. you weren't getting on it. Yeah, I was very adamant, and then a week later, <laughs> started the, started up a channel. But it, it's because these other fake channels just suddenly popped up. Like there was two fake praying medic channels that popped up uh, in the course of like two days, and Jill uh, Pepper Potts, my admin, she was like, "Hey, Dave, uh, did you know that two fake?" fake praying medic accounts popped up on telegram and I'm like, Oh, great. Yeah. I love your pin. So I actually was interacting with 
the admin of one of them because they were taking all of my gab posts and they were posting them in the telegram channel and pretending to be me now and i i actually messaged the admin and we were chatting back and forth for a couple of days and they were not interested in really disseminating my message they were interested in promoting some of their junk mm. under my name so then it was like okay uh, if if these people have an agenda to use my name to promote their crap, maybe I need to start up a, a channel. Yeah. So with Jill's help, uh, I started a Telegram channel and we got it going. And um, I, I caught on pretty quickly how, how to use it. Um, there's I still have a few things I need to learn about it, but well, you're sitting at sixty-eight thousand people. Over on the channel, I mean, in just like what short amount of time, like a couple of weeks. Yeah, so. it's been up for about a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, I, like I said, I, I really like Telegram as much as I hated the idea of having to learn another platform. Um, the learning curve wasn't too steep, and I, I'm really liking it. I haven't given up on CloudHub and Gab, but I am kind of focusing on Telegram because right now it seems like um, that's kind of where a lot of people are gathering right now. Like I said, it has a half a million, half a billion users, 500 million users. Yeah. And, um, you know, General Flynn is there. A lot of Anons are there. Not, not all the Anons, just a lot of Anons are, are going to stay on Gavin. That's fine. But the main ones that I interact with, CJ Truth, um, Enoch, uh, Julian's Rum, he's on Telegram, but he's been inactive lately. Yeah, it's pretty easy to use. It can be overwhelming now at times. Oof. Yeah, it is easy to use. I also found out that most of the conservative news outlets that I follow, they are, they're also on Telegram. Mm -hmm. So Disclosed TV is there. Zero Hedge is there. Zero Hedge got banned from Twitter again. Uh, Zero Hedge is there. Uh, the Federalist, uh, Daily Caller, Daily Mail, um, and, and Breitbart and War Room, a, a lot of the, the the people that I follow for news, they're all on Telegram. So when once I realized there's all these news accounts on Telegram, I was like, well, this is kind of like Twitter. Like I, all the people I was following, trying to get information from, you know, Brian Cates, yeah, uh, he's on there. Uh, you know, Tracy Beans, uh, Uncovered DC, a lot of the citizen journalists, they're all on Telegram. It, it, to me, it, it kind of started to take on the flavor of Twitter before I got suspended. So I'm like, okay, well, most of the most of our crew, uh, they're on Telegram, <laughs> and they're yeah. posting, and I can repost their information. So that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy Telegram now is because a lot of the people I was following on Twitter, they're on Telegram. Yeah, and we're we're, we're we are posting each other's information, a lot of cross pollination going, which is what we did on Twitter, and we're building a, a pretty big base of people mm -hmm. who are all we're, we're on the election fraud and the audits and uh we're, we're making we're making ourselves heard so that's you know that's kind of if you're interested in following me and you want to keep up on what's going on i think telegram is a really good place to be right now mm -hmm. like i said i haven't given up on cloud hub yeah. uh, or gab well, Cloud Hub's got a major update coming, man. I, I can't yeah. say a lot about it, but I mean, I, I, I like what Cloud Hub's doing. You know, um, I like what Jeff is doing. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope that President Trump would would make his home on Cloud Hub. I'd be very cool with that. I've already got my 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 place staked out on Cloud Hub. Um, it, ultimately it's going to, you know, wherever Trump lands on social media, that's where people are going to gravitate to. Yeah. Will he end up on telegram? Will he end up on cloud hub? Will he come up, come through with a really good social media platform that he makes his home? I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find out sooner or later <laughs> where, where he's going to be. Yeah. Uh, but right now, like I said, I'm, I'm enjoying telegram. I'll probably be doing more, um, live chats and i think i will probably do some just some basic discipleship talking to believers and giving them some instruction on healing instruction on seeing in the spirit hearing god's voice um i think the the live chat function is really good for that it's kind of like a live podcast and mm -hmm. i can take questions and give people answers uh if i have an answer 
so yeah, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good about Telegram right now. It, it's a, it's a good tool and, and I like it. I and love seeing you smile primary... like that. What's that? I love seeing you smile like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause I, I, you know, it was rough for, you know, for you, for, for everybody. I mean, you know, getting deplatformed and not wanting to do it and not want, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So it's been really nice to see like you're, you're like alive again on social, you know, you know? Yeah, I am. I, I feel like I found a place where I, where I belong, where I fit in pretty well. Uh, I felt like a fish out of water. Once Twitter went down in January, we all got banned. I was like, oh crap you know i put so much time and effort yeah. into um figuring out how to effectively get my message out on twitter you know I, I spent years doing that on facebook and then i got booted then youtube and i got booted and twitter and i got booted I'm like okay great yeah. now what do i have to do figure out how to work parlor how do i work gab you know what are the, what are the ins and outs and you can't private message people on either of them and private messaging is kind of a big deal uh, when it comes to social media, yeah, um, and with Telegram, you can you know you can DM people, which is mm -hmm. which is kind of a thing. It is a uh, thing. Yeah, so you know, uh, I, I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, my smile is back. I, I feel like I found a place where I fit, at least for now. We'll we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> But, well, we're praying uh, that it yeah. lasts a long time because we're we're we all love you so much and just glad to see you out there again. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope I hope Telegram can can uh, avoid the pitfalls that other platforms have uh, fallen into. All right, buddy. Well, um, any any final thoughts? Any final words? Uh, you know, what can we? You get? Are you doing any voice chats this week? Or is there you know anything? I, you know, up? I think I I think I will do a voice chat. I think I need to schedule them. <clears throat> Or at least give people a heads up because the, the two that I did last week, they were just spontaneous. I was like, okay, I'm going to try this thing out and see how it works. Uh, you know, like a monkey playing with dynamite, hoping that it doesn't blow up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I will do some voice chats this week. I'll try to drop a little heads up in the channel if I'm going to, when I'm going to plan to do it and what the subject will be about. I'll try to be a little more organized uh, this week now that I found this new toy and, and I learn how to use it correctly. Uh, maybe, maybe do kind of a basic uh, instruction on healing, Ooh. Uh, which is something I haven't talked about in a while on Supernatural Saturday, but it is one of my favorite subjects to talk about. I know, so. I wanna talk about it right now, man. Well, uh, jump on the voice chat this week when I uh, when I go live. Okay. All right. So everybody, pay attention. Make sure you get your notifications on. Make sure you're getting uh, you're getting notified there, and, and uh, we can we get some bonus time with Dave this week. So how's Denise doing? Everything going good? She's doing good. Yeah. Good. 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 She is doing good. Tell her uh, we love her. Her art is taking more of a uh a center stage uh she just finished up by uh, a book cover for a friend dan duvall he's got a new book coming out i was blown away when i saw the cover that she designed for his book it's really really good yeah um, denise is is so darn talented uh but she finished up the book cover for dan and and uh I, she is getting more and more motivated to uh, finish some paintings and take this thing seriously. So if you keep her in prayer um, so that she would have focus and the motivation to dive into this, her, her career as a painter full time, I think at some point we're going to start a telegram channel oh, nice. for her art. We set up a website for her art and she doesn't really like uh, managing a website, but I think there's a way that we can set up a telegram channel where she can sell her paintings through a telegram channel. More news on that, uh, in a later update, but if Ooh. you keep that in prayer, appreciate it. All right. You guys heard him. Keep it in prayer. Keep Denise in prayer. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right, guys. Well, listen, I'm going to get out of here cause my phone's blowing up over here and I know you got to get going, but, uh, 
Thanks so much for this. I, I I love our Medic Mondays. I missed it last week. I missed everybody last week, but especially you, you know. And uh, I just love our time together. Yeah, me too, man. It's it's always a blessing talking to you, hanging out, hanging out with the crew in the chat. Um, I always look forward to it. So thank you for letting me be on your show. Hey, man. Thanks for being on here, man. Letting you. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> good to be back thanks for being out so awesome to me guys i missed you so much last week but i definitely needed the break so thanks for understanding and uh yeah the best is yet to come right all right god bless you guys <laughs>